line um, mm-hmm. that was kind of, you know, she was like, you're really good at this. Are you sure you want to be behind the desk nine to five all the, the <laughs> life? And I was just like, you know, nine to five, you you have stability. And it was right. going into the unknown. And um, I'm Aria Collins, and you're listening to Colored Lens, a podcast, a show, a space created to share successful yet colorful stories that don't allow us to be colorblind. So let's get it started. And we are back with another episode of Colored Lens Podcast. And for today's episode, I want to take a look at the makeup industry and the entertainment industry. So that rhymes. I'm talking about like film, TV, music videos, and all that good stuff. So I have Patricia Ambrose with me today, the perfect person, because she has been in the make she has been doing makeup since 2002 and has been working in the media entertainment industry since 2010. So I'm sure a lot has changed and she's gonna have all the stories for us she has done red carpets film television commercials music videos and even editorial work but i'll let her introduce herself more so hey patricia how are you hi aria thank you for having me um okay so yes i'm gonna big myself up real quick yes my name is patricia ambrose hailing from brooklyn new york but also raised in queens new york so i'm a new york girl through and through i've been doing makeup since 2002 too, but like entertainment wise, like breaking into the music industry and TV and film since 2010. Um, so I, but what a lot of people don't know is, is that before all that, I got my master's degree in higher education administration. So I worked for the college system of New York for about five years before I took a leap of faith and became a makeup artist um, full time. Nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh, wait. So what? Okay. And then like, what made you take that leap of faith? How did you know you even wanted to do this? It was kind of like a nudge that I got from a mentor of mine. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of, you know, she was like, you're really good at this. Are you sure you want to be behind the desk nine to five all the, the <laughs> of your life? And I was just like, you know, nine to five, you you have stability. And it was right. going into the unknown and um, I just took that leap of faith. I was like, you know what? I, I, my Gemini behavior, I don't like to be um, stuck in the routine life of nine to five. Mm-hmm. Let me see what the, these uncharted waters will go into. And I jump and I never look back and I never yes. regret one, one moment of it at all. So it was literally oh just that nudge that I got from my mentor that kind of pushed me through. And 10 years later, I haven't looked looked back since. Oh my gosh, I love that. And like, it also goes to show like how kind of off topic, but like sometimes having a mentor is so important because like, I felt like if you didn't have that person in your life, you you literally would have never done this and look where you are now. That's so amazing. Yeah. And what and what are you like currently up to? Like, are you, or like, did you finish? Like, did you wrap up a little a project or anything? What have you been up to? Well, due to COVID, the 19, oh. as I like to call it, um, it kind of slowed down a lot. But thank- thankfully, um, back in June, it started to pick back up again. So I had the opportunity Good. to work for major companies like Apple, 
Apple nice. by Dre, um, Giant Supermarket, which is a giant, uh, is a supermarket chain that's based in Philadelphia uh-huh. and South Jersey. But for all the New Yorkers, it's like the sister company to Stop and Shop. And I love Stop and Shop. So yes. um, I did a camp, their holiday, holiday campaign. And um, did a few music videos for um, St. John, um, Ace Boogie with the Hoodie. Um, who else? A uh, Flavio. Okay. Oh, so, you know, it's been it's been pretty good. I can't complain. But also doing, uh, you know, documentary work with like foundations around the city. So my work fluctuates. So it's not so much that mm. I just do one certain thing. I'm like kind of like mm. all over the place. So I've been blessed by God and my my spirit spirit guides yes. um that yes. helped me navigate through these last t- almost 10 months so yeah I'm very grateful oh um, my gosh no like now I want to ask like how how has I mean COVID has affected us in every way but how has it affected you like your like other like other MUAs in your industry like I'm sure things have slowed down because so many productions have stopped like what have you been hearing from anyone? It was literally a complete halt. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah. When this happened, I was on the set of doing makeup for Black Ink. And they, mm, okay. yeah, they completely stopped all production. Right. So a lot of people were kind of like, what's going on? I don't know what to do. Um, you know, some of us are living gig to gig trying to make mm-hmm. money and then trying to if you have to go on, on unemployment and that whole situation was a basically a shit show right right and people were saying we are where i'm gonna live i you know it was it, it, it hit hard but thankfully like i said i had the support of you know my family i have a roof over my head yeah in my mouth clothes on my back even though we're, we were quarantined and couldn't go out i was still blessed so that's and also, right I saved too so That's you never right. know when That's stuff right. like this is going to happen. Exactly. So, so you never know. So I, I, I was fully, I was fully prepared. So That's it good. Kinda like, exactly. It was kind of like the apocalypse for all hair and makeup and wardrobe stylists and everything. Right. Because right. Now that I'm even thinking like for the people who are still making content and they were making content at home, like, I don't know, I'm gonna just think of a random talk show, like the Snapchat show was the name. Stay tuned. Like, for example, Erin, Erin said she had to like figure out how to do her own hair and makeup because yeah. like you're not having, you're not having strangers or these, your team, you don't have your glam team anymore. So like they've been figuring it out. But for the people, that's how they were making money is like, uh, now my job is on hold. Yeah, it's been, I feel like this was like a gift and a curse because a lot of times in production, um, they cast hair and makeup people and even stylists to the side. Like, oh, it's not that important. We don't need them to do it. And then literally it was like God showing them like, yes, actually you do. Because some people on TV were looking like a hot, holy mess. Yes. That is such a good point. hot, holy mess. I'm sure that's like a wake up call to them. Because a lot of them is like, oh, like I've I've heard so many of them like talent say like, I've been struggling to figure it out. And it's like, yeah, because you've been relying because they're just as important you rely on each member like that's so true oh my gosh and like you mentioned that like a lot of a lot of y'all you know muas um tend to go gig to gig how how do you how do you like hear about how do you like you're would you consider yourself a freelancer yeah i'm gonna consider myself yeah you're you're freelancing right yeah i'm contracted with different companies 
However, ah, okay. I'm the one that li- literally goes out and grinds and gets the jobs, or I get referred by jobs that I have already nice. done. And it's really a referral nice. of who you know, what you know. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. who you know. And the what mm. you know is um is the bonus. But right. um, yeah, it's literally a referral system. So that's how I've been getting work. It's either an email like, hey, we saw your information. Hey, we saw your website. Oh, or so-and-so told us that you're great to work with. Are you available? And it, it just wow. kind of goes like that. Yeah, and it just goes to show how important your networks is, and like Very being like, and like being. I feel like also when you do arrive to these gigs, like just being a, I don't want to say like a good person, but like being true to yourself. Because if you come with like a stink ass attitude, yeah, nobody like, wants to. are gonna remember that, and they're not gonna want to work with you again. Absolutely. Like you could be doing the best. I, I feel like you could be doing the best work, but if you come with an attitude, then it's quiet for you. It's game over. Right. Oh my gosh. And like, how did you know you wanted to work um, within the entertainment industry versus like, just like building a regular clientele? Like, you know, some MUAs that like, okay, for example, like me, I'll probably go to someone for my birthday. I'll I'll book someone for my wedding. Like what made you decide like, this is what you want to do? Or do you still have your own like clients? Okay. I didn't even ask. So here's how that goes. So uh-huh. what ends up happening is, um, how did I start? This is like so long ago. <laughs> How did I start? I started off doing like <laughs> weddings and things, right? Okay, so you did start with like clients. Yeah, All right. I did start yeah. with clients. And then one, one, one faithful afternoon when my mentor was like, hey, you know what? I think you should go to school um, to kind of like tighten up your craft. Because if I mm. showed you pictures of my makeup over in, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, when I'm looking at it now, I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> what was I thinking? but at the time they loved it but I I thought I was doing something when I really wasn't doing nothing (laughs) but when I ended up going to school it kind of tightened up my skills a little bit and it Mm, kind of the theory helped me help me better with my application and then one day back in 2009 you know Twitter was popping back in 2009 and a makeup artist was looking for an assistant for a music video so I never I never did a music video before. So I was like, okay, that looks interesting. Let me, let me, let me try it. She ended up picking me and literally the only person that knew me on the set of the music video was the actual artist himself. And at the time I didn't know anything, any details about, about the actual project. So when I got there, I was like a, a deer lost in headlights. Like it was literally, I didn't know anybody and I was trying not to get in anybody's way. And then all of a sudden right. I hear somebody say, Patty, is that you? And I'm like, who is here that knows me? Like, I don't know anybody here. And then when right. I turned around, it was my, it was my friend J. Cole, but I, he, I call him Jermaine, but J. Cole, yes. so everybody was like, oh, okay. So I literally, he was like, if you need anything, I got you. And I was like, please, you know, don't make it. I mean, I appreciate it, but I'm just trying to, you know, go through the ropes by myself. And I don't want it where people think mm-hmm. it's autism, And this is the reason right. why I got the job. Cause I literally didn't even know it was his music video. And wow, then look at that. That was fate. Yeah. So mm-hmm. after that, it was kind of like, you know what? I can do this. Yes. And like the director, yes, the director and um the producer at the time, who's a married mm-hmm. married couple, um, which their company's name is the ghetto, the ghetto nerd company. Love mm-hmm. them. 
they actually Ooh. gave me the opportunity to continue to work with them. And through them, I started doing a lot of music videos. So I did mu- music videos with Flo Rida. I got Trey Songs as a client. I got Neo as a client. I worked with Wale, um, T-Pain. It was a lot of building my... Um, my men's grooming clientele. And through that, I was able to do Rihanna's makeup by, by accident because her makeup artist wasn't there. Wow, um, look at that. So it was like, it kind of culminated into that. And with that, I was able to break into um, video commercial work. And it just kind of catapulted through working with BET, NBC, ABC, Netflix, um, Fox. So it just grew and grew and grew and grew. Nice, nice. Oh my gosh, wait. First, like now I have like two follow-up questions. Sure. Doing Rihanna's makeup, like how like what had I mean, if you could just so what happened to her makeup artist? By accident. So wow. Nicole's second video was Can't Get Enough featured um which featured Trey Songs. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Flew yeah. Down, they, Rock Nation flew us down for four days in Barbados. And it was around the yeah. time. It was around the time of um it was around the time of Beijing Carnival cuz they have theirs in Oh um, yes 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 they Barbados have Carnival in, yeah. yeah they have theirs in um in August Yes so, yes you know, it was a two day shoot so on the second shoot um we were doing the bonfire scene so it was at night we were by the water there was fire it was great it was fire it yes. was really so then uh. we're thinking that you know um we the director at the time clifton bell said hey we were wrapped so everybody's like oh, okay great so everybody's clapping and all that so i'm like okay good bet i could go to the bathroom now so my <laughs> this is my second video my first time king by myself, and mm-hmm. um, I literally go to the bathroom. So then when I, I come out of the bathroom, I hear, we need makeup, we need makeup. And I'm like, why wow. do they need makeup? They literally just said they rap. So I go to the the hairstylist whose name is Tracy Washington. She's dope. And she was yes, like, I, I was like, who, who needs um makeup? And then she was like, she does. And I, I, she literally turns me around, and Rihanna is standing in front of me, and I... Uh. I I froze. And then I'm like, I would. And I'm like, Patricia, you have to be professional. You can't. Right. You can't. Of course. Like, there, there's no time for you to be um, fanning, fangirling right now. You got to do what you got to do. And as I'm putting on her makeup, she's playing with my afro. And she's like, oh my God, Aww. my name is so nice. Hi, my name is Robin. I was like, um, I know who you are. I know your I name. I know your name. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you are. You don't have to tell me who you are. I know That's who you are. So and it's literally like the best experience that I ever had. I I don't think anything has ever topped it yet. And yeah. um yeah, it was that's when I knew I was like, you know what? I can actually do this. I love that. Oh my gosh, and you told me about like how you finally took a bathroom break. So t- like walk us through like a day in set. Like what does that look like for you? Well, it really depends on um the set, of course. Yeah, it's, it depends on the set. It depends on the production. So I'll give you two examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music videos mm-hmm. tend to be a little bit more hectic, especially rap yeah, and R&B, because, right. you know, they got an entourage. They come late. They, they never on time. You know, they be on Black people time. <laughs> and then yeah. I'm, a, I'm a stickler for time, and I'm always early or on time. So, but then after a while, I got used to it, so it's like, whatever. 
So, but usually um, it's really hectic because there's a lot of moving parts. You got to get clearance. You got to get clearance from the director of the, the looks that you want to do. You got to make sure that on a rapper's perspective, you know, men don't really like to wear makeup, but the way right. I put makeup, they're, they're comfortable. So that's why they keep always keep using me. Um, it's just very hectic. It could be like from a 12 hour day. It could go all the way up to like 18, 20 hours. Like I wow. did a little video that lasted from 3 PM to about 7 AM the next day. Wow. Yeah. I can imagine how everybody on set was exhausted. Oh my gosh. Super exhausted. Wait, and now like tell me, tell me about men, like your men group like tell me about men's grooming. Like oh, I mean, it. we know guys wear makeup, but literally, how? Like, I literally uh-huh. will pick uh I will literally pick a um men's grooming job over a female grooming like a uh why? Because you can literally be done in like 10 minutes and get paid like a thousand dollars. That's true. All right. Yeah. That, that makes it's sense. Not so much I don't, I love beautifying women because it's a beautiful yes. thing. It's a part of our essence. It's a part of, you know, yes. who we are. However, when you get in front of a, a man and you got to do makeup for them and it literally takes five to 10 minutes and you're, 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 you're paid. It feels good. It I mean, let's be good. honest. Exactly, exactly. We won't sugarcoat that. Like, come on, that's just the truth. Like, it, 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 it's not a bad feeling, you know. What no, I mean? it's not. It's not. It's like, yeah. Oh my gosh! And like, you have to send them your looks. You have to get your looks approved. Yeah. Talk about talk about that. Because, like, like I said, I'm a woman, so I know what I like and what I don't like. Mm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whereas men, they don't know. They don't know. They just want to make sure that they don't look, you know, either dead or sleepy. And that's Fact. very easy for me. But with a woman, yeah. I understand it because, you know, it's like, do I want lashes? But I want this particular yeah. lash. You know, those eyebrows don't look good on me. I, I need this yes. is my color. I, you know, we're very particular. So it's not right. You just, it's just more, not challenging. It's more endearing. I'm going to use the word endearing because sometimes I have some clients that could be a little bit much. But at the end of it, it's all worth it because they trust me at the end that they're going to like the result of what they That's good. Oh, my gosh. And, like, now I'm looking at what what I was going to ask you next. Uh, Tell me about, or now that we're using even examples, which is perfect, like, what was one of your favorite celebrity production or, like, event that you worked on besides meeting Rihanna? Like, doing Rihanna's makeup, of course. Um, Hey, I'm Robin. I love that. Production. Yeah, like it could be a celebrity or a specific production or a specific event, but something that's like it was definitely my favorite. Or it could be like your worst, and you could you could tell us even why. Ooh, child, I'm not gonna drop <laughs> more. But um, oh yeah, that's true. We probably yeah. don't want to. That's yeah, no. true. We probably won't want to do that. So let's no, just no, no. stick with the positive. Um, let's see. Um, the favorite. I, I'm gonna go back Ooh. to the J Cole video. Not only because yes. I did Rihanna's makeup, it was just the first time that I really took a leap of faith on this makeup thing yes. and you know it was the first time you know it was like all expenses paid yeah I got paid to do nothing for the first day and then it was just like I felt like a celebrity myself <laughs> it was, I love that it was just, As you showed. It was just the being flo- flown out and just getting to finally do what I love Mm, yeah and that's a good feeling and I, it's one of those experiences that i will never forget and i will never regret it it was one of those yes. things that it was great 
And I guess yeah. I have a second one. So the second one is when I groomed Little Wayne and Birdman. And this okay. was, this was um, when Jim Jones had, what, what, what song was it? Was it Ballin'? No, it wasn't Ballin'. It was, uh, I can't remember the song. Uh-huh. But we he flew us down to Miami. And the one, the thing that I love about Jim Jones, he always pays cash. You don't got to wait for no check. Okay. He always okay. pays cash at the end of the day. And that's why I always love Jim Jones. And um, I got the opportunity to groom um, Lil Wayne and Birdman. And it was at King of Diamonds in Miami, which is a, st- a famous strip club. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. when I approached Little Wayne and Birdman, I was actually taken aback about how polite they were. Yes. And I think it's because in retrospect, I'm like, oh, they are Southern. So, you know, Southern, Southerners mm-hmm. are a little bit more refined than us Northerners mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. So I was literally surprised about, you know, how they kept calling me ma'am. And I'm like, um, I'm, I'm, not I'm, I'm not old and I'm very young actually. And it's like, they're like, Oh no, it's okay. It's a force of habit. I'm, I'm Southern that, you know, that's how we talk. And I'm like, okay, right. that. so it was one of those like, Oh, okay. Well go ahead with your bathroom. Right. Nice. I love that. Okay. And you was going to give us another example of like what your day to day look like. So you told us like what music videos would look like, but what about, I don't know. You throw it at me. You throw it at me because you're oh, the and one. Then, that- then you have like the regular like corporate corporate days, which are followed mm-hmm. by structure. You get, you know, you get your mm-hmm. breakfast. You work. There's snacks all over okay. the place. Um, they're a little bit more high end with their food. Um, right. You know, it's just more streamlined because you know corporate okay. people, business people, they're by the exactly. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean like craft services? Yeah. Time is money. Time is money. And then you wrap on time. And if you don't wrap on time, they will pay you extra. Yes. Nice. Okay. What do you have a preference? Like, which one do you prefer? I actually prefer corporate. Okay, that's fair because I mean, there's structure. There's good snacks. Yeah, I'm not even gonna hold you. I prefer corporate, Um, but. Cause I feel like I've grown out of the the um the music video phase. Yeah, I get the music video. I'll be like, okay, I'll do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, because I, no, I feel that. I mean, you've been, you've come I mean, you've been working in, in it for like what ten years, like, yeah. And that's so cool. You can like now that you're like, I'm at this point in my life. I've done, I've done those. I want to do something else. I love that. What would you say? Okay, I don't want to say it was a. What's like some of your challenges as as a makeup artist in the industry? Like, are clients sometimes difficult? Like, no names, no specific like production, but like, what are some of the challenges that you had? That is like, oh my gosh, sometimes I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Um, if you had that. Um. No, I've had some difficulties, but it's not so much with the clients. It's basically with the gaining the work. Because mm, like the mean? work is not always guaranteed because you could be um, hired to do a job and then something falls through and then everything gets canceled. Like I had two projects that I was supposed to fly out to LA for and because of COVID, it got canceled. So you do all these, you, you plan all these things to make sure that, you know, okay, I'm going to get this X amount of money. So this is going to get paid this, that, and the third. So you have a plan. And then what, what ends up happening is it's like, wait, it got canceled. What am I going to do now? So right. that, that to me is the most 
difficult part of my job because it's not mm-hmm. always guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And then even when you look at it like finances, like if you were depending on like, all right, these for some people, my this the project that they were planning to have the next month or two, that's the one that's going to pay my rent. Exactly. So it's like if that falls through, it's like, uh, what am I about to do? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which goes to show, like, I feel like every industry, every job, every, everyone has their pros and cons. So I guess that would definitely be like, if, if it's not for you, it's not for you because it is, yeah, it is. It is a risk. I, I always wonder like, if I want to be a freelancer, I mean, not in makeup, I don't do makeup, but I always think about it. I'm like, that's one of the, I guess one of the biggest risks is like, you just don't know if you're going to be able to pay mm-hmm. rent the next month. Yeah. Hmm. That's so true. Oh my gosh. And I I also want to talk about like social media makeup versus industry makeup. Not saying not saying social media makeup is bad or anything. I think I feel like I love social media makeup, but I feel like I'm someone who's watching. I don't me, I don't know me. I'm trying to do a few tutorials. I'm trying to figure it out, but I'm nowhere close or interested in being a makeup artist, but I love and respect the work that I see and I'm like oh, this is so great. Like, I just wish I knew how to master my face. Like, I wish I just knew how to do my face. Like, I don't need to do anybody else's face but mine. Right. But like, how would you say, and like that that brings me to my question, like, what's the difference between like someone who does makeup on Instagram or YouTube versus the work that you do? Well, like I, um, well, okay. So it's like a tricky situation because I feel uh-huh. like, Instagram makeup artists, they have found their lane and they have stuck to it. They have gotten the bag and I praise them. Um, I praise them for that. Right. On the second, on the second token though, makeup artists like me, like I have, I have to merge my social media, like my social media, I need to like do more because I always get Mm -hmm. complaints that, Hey, you need to, you need to do more. You need to do this. You need to do that. Hmm. Hmm. And I'm like, ah, well, do I have time to be doing all that? I'm not sure. Right. And they're like, no, girl, you got to put out your talents and stuff like that. But for me, I'm like, no, but me, it can't be like in my bedroom with a backdrop. Like it would have to be like a whole big production and it won't be me doing makeup on myself. It would be makeup on other people because that's what right. I do. And then right. Instagram makeup artists, they do beautiful work on themselves and then yes. they promote products, but I feel like they don't properly tell their viewers or their followers like hey this may not be suitable for this type of um mm-hmm. color or if you want to try it here are your options if you're this tone this skin color mm-hmm. this shape, this eye shape like it just literally is like let me just put on this palette that i just got from this company yeah you know what i mean and yep and that's so, how and that's how they make their money i mean that's through partnerships and ads right. like that's how they make their money they don't have they don't really value giving you the details and I'm, i noticed like even me as someone who's like watching watching tutorials and stuff and like or like just watching instagram makeup artists and looking at their techniques and when i attempt to do it i feel like i come back out looking like a clown like exactly. i could exactly why did I do this to my face? Thank goodness I just did it not to go anywhere. Like that has, I'm like, every time I'm trying something new, I'm making sure I ain't going nowhere because I'm not about to embarrass myself. But I've noticed when I've tried some of those techniques, sometimes when I like, you know, pull out the camera, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, okay, it's maybe not that bad. Right. So how do you feel about like, how do you feel about that? Like, I feel like certain makeup looks, this is just me on a personal level now. I feel like certain makeup looks like I can tell, I'm able to tell like, yeah, that's not going to look good in real life. Like I know it, like it looks good on camera, but I'm sure you look crazy in real life. Right. Cause you'll be like, oh my God, this looks great. And then when you get outside, you're like, what the, 
what exactly mm-hmm. but then it goes to show but the, and it still goes to show the respect i have on those like instagram and youtubers because half of the times they're doing those techniques and they're not going anywhere like that's that's just their job they're just aiming to get that look they're aiming to get that pop of color like those bright eyeshadows or those bold i don't know not even though i love a good eyeshadow wherever you are that's a bad example maybe i'll say like when it comes to like i don't know actually i don't know maybe contours like you can tell like i've had I've had my makeup done by like makeup artists like here in Brooklyn that has been inspired through like Instagram and YouTubers and I've came out looking like this is just way too heavy for me. Yep. It looks fine when I take out the picture and like when I go on their profile I'm like I love it but when I'm seeing myself I'm like this is just it's just too heavy for me like like it's just it's not it but then when I snap the picture I'm like oh well, it looks cute. So tell me, is there like, is there different techniques that you feel like they use versus that versus, um, versus you? Like I saw like on your LinkedIn, I stalked a little bit that you have like an airbrushing technique for the, like y'all do airbrushing. Like, tell us about, tell us about that. I mean, airbrush technique is more, is lighter. Uh, it, it ah. is more expensive child. Cause you got to get a whole, oh. um, airbrush kit for that. Um, oh. But there are alternatives to have an airbrush finish. You just have to know which type of brushes you need to use in order mm. to achieve the same exact look and the the, the products that you need to use. Um, what is an airbrush technique? What does that even mean? It's literally you're taking um, pigment, liquid okay. pigment, and putting it in an airbrush. Like remember back in the day when you used to get your nails done and you had um, the airbrush nail yes 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 yes, yes. It's the same the designs is the same principle but instead of putting um like nail polish you're putting like foundation you could put blush you could airbrush eyeshadow you could airbrush eyebrows you could basically airbrush anything um oh, wow it's it's a good technique but i i prefer to use that on, on like weddings for bridal makeup not for like everyday makeup in my opinion um mm. For why bridal? Because you know, for pictures, and and it's it's lighter, and you know, you don't want it too heavy because especially during the summer months, you don't want it like sliding off, and it's natural, and it's more more for brides that really don't like wearing makeup or they're not used to wearing makeup at all. Ah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, that makes total sense. And especially something like your wedding day. Like, you don't want to, I mean, everybody does, I'm sure, have a consultation and things like that. But, like, mm-hmm. you don't want to look like a different person. My fiance right now, he keeps, he would randomly tell me, like, when you're doing your makeup for our wedding, like, please don't walk down the aisle looking like somebody else. Like, don't do that. Like, I like how you look. Don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, that make that makes sense. That make a total sense. Oh my God. So we, we kind of touched on this, but like, how do you feel social media has, like, you know, you said people are telling you like, okay, you got girl, you gotta, you gotta step up your social media game. But like, why are they telling you th- these things? How do you feel like social media has affected makeup artists like you who just solely want to work within media and entertainment versus They're literally nowadays it was back in the day. It was okay. So when you're applying for like a job, it was, uh-huh. oh, send me your portfolio, like your online portfolio. And now it's yeah. like, how many followers do you have? Oh, uh, my gosh. Your Instagram. And it's like, um, I have one. And here's the amount of followers I have. But here's also where my all my professional work is. Yes. <laughs> you know? Thank like, you. You're not going to see um, my Instagram and all you'll see is like pictures of myself or pictures of my work. But it's not that I don't feel like 
a social media platform. It could be an extension of your por- portfolio, yes. but it can't, it doesn't, it can't be the end all be all. So mm-hmm. it's like twofold. However, now that, you know, Instagram has um, updated their video streaming and has IGTV and Facebook yes. has Facebook watch and Facebook live, yes. my the people around me is kind of like, Patricia, you have a great talent. You have a great personality. I think people would like you. I need you to get on and at least once a week do a makeup look. And in my, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I should, but I the way that I want it, uh-huh. I would like it in studio, that it's edited pro- professionally. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's the environment you're around. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not trying to have it in my room and like with a ring light and then it, 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 it's <laughs> me. It's not knocking people that do it. It's just no, for me. Exactly. I've been in the game for a long time, and I would have. Pref- yeah. I would prefer if I had like a like a studio setup and right. once a week, and we could pr- practice different techniques and holiday right. like, for the different seasons. Like right now, it would be like holiday looks, like that goes well mm-hmm. with this person, you know. So it's kind of like that. No, but like I love that because it just seems it just it just goes to show like what I'm from what I'm hearing it seems that like you you're, you still have it in that like uh, like media industry entertainment like standard video high quality production lens and like that's that's fine and it also sounds like the people who are telling you like hey Patricia like you should do this you should do that like they don't understand that it can be defined as two completely different jobs. Like you, your type of, the type of makeup you do is a completely different type of work versus the people who do work solely for social media. Right. But that's, but then at the same time, it's like, I guess it could be an extension or like another version of yourself. Like, would that ever be, would that be too much for you? If you felt like you were like trying to be both within like, how do you how do you classify it? I keep saying that media entertainment industry. Am I classifying it well? Yeah, you are. Okay, I'm like me realizing this after we're already like halfway through. But like, yeah, like I feel like it's such it's such it sounds like it would be such a hard balance because you're trying to figure out how to do both, but at the same time, social media is kind of considered within the entertainment industry. It but is. like so it is okay. Now I'm like I'm confusing myself because it's, it's 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 a tricky situation. It's kind of like you damned if you do and you damned if you don't, but you got to get on that boat because if you don't get on that boat, you're gonna get left. Yes, exactly, and that's the thing. And we're moving we're moving to such a, a a digital future, a social media future that at the same time, it's like I think it's only right that you do create that type of extension for yourself. Exactly. So yeah. I know a lot of older makeup artists is like, I'm not doing this. And it's kind of like, hey, oh, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it. I mean, you're either going to do it, you're going to, or you're going to get left. And that's yeah, but I don't like that they judge by like followers though. Like that's not, that's, that part is like, uh, no, no yeah, I don't not, agree with, I do not, not agree with that part, work. but I don't agree with it, but hey. I guess that's society. I guess that's the world we live in now. Like, I guess now I'm thinking of, I don't want to, I'm going to use a random ass celebrity, Drake. I don't know. Drake needed to look for it. I don't know. I want to use a female artist. Let me, let me think of, who can I think of? Beyonce. I don't know. Beyonce's looking for a makeup artist and it's like Beyonce judging based on like, oh, Patricia only has 4,000 followers, but this other person has like, I don't know, 100K. So obviously I'm going to choose them because that just means they're better. And it's like, no, it really doesn't. Right. It doesn't at all. 
But yeah, but you brought up a good point, like finding ways to turn your um portfolio, like your portfolio could be both social media while taking them to your website. I right. feel like that sounds like what you could do. And speaking of what you could do, is there any advice you feel like you would give someone who's, let's say I, I, I have no, I mean, I feel like I have a talent. Okay, different ground level. Someone who's, I don't know, you know, young, fresh, starting to think about things they want to do with their future and decided, never really did much makeup before and decided, like, I I want to go into this. Like, what advice would you give them? I always say do your research first. Mm-hmm. Find a mentor or a person that you like their work and see if they can um, take you on as a mentee or even as an assistant. Oh, that yeah. way you can go around um, the ropes of them taking you everywhere and then you learning like the the proper protocols of being on set, um, the mm-hmm. do's and don'ts of being a makeup artist assistant um, to the point where they, they trust you enough that if, if they leave and have to get off set that you won't act a, a fool and show your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do encourage makeup artists um, or makeup artist enthusiasts to go to school, beauty school, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very important not to say that it's very important. Um, I'm one of those, I don't know if it's because I have an education background, but I do mm. believe that it's very important in order for you to master the application, you need to know the theory behind it. So um, mm. I always encourage makeup artists, potential makeup artists, future makeup artists, go to school, get a mentor, try to get as, as much um, assistant experience as possible practice on your friends practice on your family members um and then take it from there i like that and i like i like wait repeat that part about like the theory behind it like i really like that part oh i just feel like um in order for you to master the application of makeup you need to know the theory behind it And I feel like that just goes for life as well. In order to master whatever it is you want to do, I feel like you should always know the theory behind it. Yeah. Like Like, always do your homework. Yeah. And like figure out. Yeah. No, I love that. Like, let me give you an example. When I first started makeup, I was terrible uh, at matching foundations and I couldn't know. I didn't know why at all. And then um, I would have a hard time like matching a person's complexion and it could have been the lightest person to the darkest person. Uh It was just not my strongest suit. And then when I went Mm -hmm. to school and I learned the theory behind, you know, skin tone, undertone, Mm -hmm. um, skin type, it like everything just started clicking in my brain. And then now all I got to do is look at somebody and I don't even need to, they don't even need to give me their products and I I can match their, their skin like that. That's amazing. Okay, now I'm like I I'm for, I completely forgot to ask you this, but like you've obviously worked with all different races, right? Mm-hmm. And how 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 has that been in terms of like application? Um, that's such a, I know that's such a broad question, right? Let me really, see if I can get like once again, like it's not really um hard for me now but in the beginning it was like um matching a caucasian woman without making her look like she's just died you know what i mean (laughs) or matching um uh a beautiful ebony (sighs) ebony skin sister and not making her look like she's a a shadow in the night it was one of the things where you know i really had to take my time and practice practice the theory that I was learning in school. And then I finally, finally um, mastered it. 
And to the point where if I'm doing a makeup for a ca- Caucasian woman or a white woman, they're, at first they're a little hesitant, but then when they see me right. when I'm done, they're like, girl. Right. Right. And that's the thing. Oh, that's, and I, I want to say that because I feel like the more I've been doing, like I've just been reading up different ar- articles about like people who work in the industry within hair and makeup or like people who've had experience where they get on set and there's like, no, 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 there's not a black makeup artist. And they're saying that this person doesn't know how to do my makeup. Tell me, tell me, tell me about that. Do you feel, have you been in incidents where, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how I want to phrase my question. I understand what you're saying. I like, you understand where I'm coming from, right? It's like, I've never had that experience, but I've seen, um, like if there was like a black talent or um, African-American yes. talent on set and they see a white makeup artist, they're like, oh my God. But right. if they see me, they'd be like, yes. Right. It's, like, it's like a sigh of relief. So I've never really, really gotten that with any race that I've dealt with. I've dealt with mm-hmm. white people. I've dealt with Asians. I've dealt with, um, you know, um, Indians, Black, Spanish, Latino, mm-hmm. Latina, yes, like yes. they've ne- they've never um I've never gotten that issue. But on the other spectrum of you know white right. makeup artists, they're kind of like oh my god, like oh my god. I no, but now it makes me wonder. Like you're telling me or you're telling me like the advice you gave us for someone who wants to do makeup is that they should go to beauty school and understand the theories. So what about the white the white women who do makeup? Didn't they not? Did they all not go to school? And yeah, study let me tell like, you. Okay, so why are they still whole messing thing, us right? up? That's the point I was trying to get to. Child, let me tell you, this is a whole thing, right? <laughs> so, like, huh. so first of all, some beauty schools don't go into depth when it comes to. Um, I hate the word ethnic. That's I hate that word. When it goes into um, darker, um, darker, deeper skin tones or mixed, mixed skin tones basically non-white skin tones. They don't go in depth into that because black women are so layered. We are the lightest of the light and the darkest of the dark. And then in between, there's different tones, different shades. Mm-hmm. Different, mm-hmm. It's just an array. That's what makes us so beautiful. Right. So <laughs> in makeup school, some curriculums, they just kind of skim over it without going into detail. But now there's a demand for it. And right. there's so many, especially in the union, there's so many white makeup artists in the union. And there's like very few in between um, minority makeup artists. So when mm. when when talent actually does see a black makeup artist, they're like, oh my, it's like a sigh of relief because yeah. well, there's only so many times I've been tired of seeing some terrible ass wigs or people That's that can't do, can do black hair on TV or they, look right. or they look too gray. It's just one of those things where we're not given the same access an opportunity uh, as white makeup artists. And that's just the, the raw dog truth. That's just so wrong. But like, that makes total sense. Cause I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's, that's very sad, but I, I would just hope that we're, we're making a step towards, towards progress. Now that they're realizing like, no, this matters. Like you can't skim through this part. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Wow. And what about what advice would you give someone who is currently currently a, like an Instagram makeup artist or a YouTuber who is like, okay, I want to work on sets. I want to work on production. Would you say do the same thing? Go back to school and figure out the theory. Would you? What would? What yeah. advice would you give? Yeah, same thing. Same thing. 
Yeah. And they would have, they would have opportunity to get more access into doing video, um, video stuff because if they have um, partnerships and stuff like that, they could do it, but they, but they would have to know how to do makeup on somebody else and not themselves. That's true. That is true. I like that. Have you, now I'm just like thinking of a random question as, as have you personally ever thought about like working with, or maybe you can tell me about that, like working with different um, beauty brands with your social media platform. Would you ever consider that? I would consider it if the opportunity presented itself. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I feel like you're the type that would be so authentic with it too. You'd be like, okay, this is going to work for this type of people. Absolutely. This is not going to work for that type of people. But now I'm wondering, maybe some of these brands probably like tell them this is exactly what you, because you know, you're signing contracts or going through that process. I'm an ad sales. So I know there are certain things that is like, okay, this is all that you're going to say. And that's it. Right. So it's, it's a, it's a sketchy place. It's a sketchy place, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like I picked your brain enough. And like, now I want to make sure that my followers know where they can find you. Maybe they might have a a few questions for you. Maybe they just want to see your portfolio. Like where can they find you? Okay. So on my Instagram and my Twitter, it's the makeup savant. So it's T H E M A K E U P S A V A N T. And um, my website is www.patriciaambrosemakeup.com. So it's www.patriciaambrosemakeup.com. Amazing. Okay, so if you didn't catch that, I will also have it in the show notes. But you don't take you don't take regular clients. Do you take regular clients, or are you more? Why not? Okay. Okay, good. So for anybody listening, I hope you should consider and check out Patricia. It was so good talking to you today. We're recording on like a Thursday evening. So it was so nice to hear from you and like just dropping so much gems and knowledge for us all, for whoever might be interested or whoever was curious about it. Like this was perfect. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Is there anything else you feel like you're like, I just let me just say like I wanted to say before we even go. Shout out to all my beautiful black queens out there. Yes. That's it. Yes, that's right. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Colored Lens, a space where being colorblind is simply not an option. Please subscribe so you never miss the show. And while you're at it, leave a good old five-star review. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend so they can hear this story too. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Colored Lens Pod, where we always keep the conversation going. You can also check out more at www.colored-lens.com. Don't forget that dash. Until next time, y'all. Bye.